Jesus and the apostles used to do it. They'll just get out there and start talking about something good, and it would change somebody's life. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So, I have a subject, but I don't really have a subject. So, can we just talk today? I just hope y'all get what I'm about to say. How many of y'all in here believe of the resurrection of Christ? Yeah, everybody. I'm sure everyone who's watching Facebook or YouTube, you probably raise your hand. Yes. And so we know that today is not the day that we celebrate Easter or the resurrection. And Pastor Juan is going to come and give us a message. But I wanted to kind of share something today uh, that I think is important. So the question I, I would ask and the question I, I, I always ask myself certain questions. But the question is, why do we believe in the resurrection of Christ? Why do, why do we believe in the resurrection of Christ? Now, I know what the answer is probably going to be is because the Bible says so. Right? We all know this. And that was, that was a time in my life there that everything someone asked me, I would just say, because the Bible says so. You know, it's, it's so important that we get to that life-changing moment to where what's in the Bible is no longer on the page, but it's in our life. You know, it's important to think about this. Even Jesus' own disciples and the people that were closest to Jesus did not believe he had resurrected. The they believed exactly what we would have believed. 
they believe that a deceased person stays deceased. They did not believe not his disciples, not his closest followers, not even his mama believed that he had been resurrected like he said he was going to be resurrected. So that's what I want to kind of look at today. I want to look at what changed, what happened, what was it about the events that made them get to a point where they were so secure in the resurrection of Christ that they were willing to die for it. For it. So we start here in Mark chapter 16, and it, 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 it says in Mark chapter 16, verse 1, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Now, I want you to think about this because they, they didn't believe so much that Jesus has resurrected that nobody was sitting at Jesus' tomb counting down the days. Jesus said it was going to be three days, so let's sit here. Day one, day two, uh-oh, we got ten minutes. Nobody was sitting there. They, they didn't believe it so much that nobody was sitting there. They actually went to the tomb because they were going to embalm Jesus with spices because that's usually what the, the Jewish tradition would be, would be to embalm them with spices prior to being put into the tomb. But everything happened so fast that it just shook them. Look, they, they took Jesus on a Thursday. They put him on trial Thursday night. Friday, they crucified him, and then they just throwed him in the tomb. And emotionally, nobody really had time to dissect what happened. And so they're going to the tomb, probably not knowing that uh, uh, Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea had already took the spices and anointed Jesus and embalmed him and put him in linen. linen. So they're going to the tomb. Matter of fact, they didn't, they didn't even understand that the lady with the alabaster box was actually the one who anointed Jesus because if you read the word it says the reason why she was anointing him with the, the perfume was because of his burial and they didn't even understand it. And so they're going to anoint Jesus, not understanding that, that he had already been anointed, but they were so emotionally drained because everything happened so fast. And so they go here, Mark chapter 16, verse 3, it says, and they asked each other, who will roll away, roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled away. If you read the book of Luke, the, uh, Luke said when they went inside the tomb, they found it empty. So when Jesus' followers peeked, peeked inside the, the empty tomb, no one assumed that he had been resurrected. Now think about this. They knew he was a miracle worker. They saw him uh, uh, spit on eyes and make blind eyes see. They, 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 they heard he was the Messiah, but no way he can be the Messiah now because God wouldn't have allowed the Messiah to die. So they're looking at looking in this tomb, and nobody in their mind said, "Oh, he's resurrected," like he said, like he said he was. But they're peeking in this tomb. Matter of fact, when you read John, it says that Mary and all of them ran to to Peter and the disciples. 
And they, they come in John 20 and 2, and they said, they have taken the Lord. They. They said they. Who is they? They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they, whoever they is, have put him. They still are not thinking he's been resurrected. They're thinking somebody took Jesus out of the tomb. And Luke said they were so skeptical in Luke chapter 24, verse 11. He said, but they did not believe the woman because their words seemed to be to them to be like nonsense. Once again, nobody's assuming that Jesus has been resurrected. They assume that we will assume today that the body stayed exactly where it was, but now they're assuming somebody took them. But Luke 24 and 12 says Peter, however, got up. Peter ran to the tomb, bending over. He saw the strips of linen, line, linen lying by themselves, and he went away doing what? Wandering to himself. What in the world just happened? But he's still not sitting here saying, oh, Jesus must have resurrected like he said he was. Do you understand? They documented the skepticism and unbelief of Jesus' closest followers. So if there's anybody watching today or anybody in here and you still got some type of doubt, guess what? You was in good company. Because even his closest followers and his disciples were skeptical about Jesus' record resurrection. The funny part about it, they documented their own unbelief. <laughs> They're telling you that we did not believe this. We saw all the miracles, we heard the parables, but we still did not believe he had resurrected. Yeah. And you got to think about it. At this point, they had lost a big season of their life. If there's no Messiah, if there's no Christ, if there's no risen Savior, they have lost a big season. They had given up all hope. Like I said, they thought he was the Messiah, but no way the Messiah could be crucified. And they're running through the streets. They're, they're, they're not running, check this out, they're not running through the, through the streets saying a miracle has happened, a miracle has happened, Jesus is resurrected. No, at this point, they're hiding because they're in fear. And they took Jesus away. They, they're thinking that somebody took Jesus away from this tomb. And John 20, 19 says, on the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, because now they're in fear, they feel like if Pilate uh, uh, allowed Jesus, the leader, to be crucified, surely it's open season for the followers. So they're, they're, they're in fear. They locked the door because of the Jew Jewish leaders, and Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And verse, 20, verse 24 and 37 says, and they were startled. Luke 24 and 37, they were startled and frightened. I think I would have been too. Thinking that they saw a ghost. And he said to them, as Jesus would always say, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your mind? 
In verse 44, he said to them, this is what I told you. I shared this with you so many times. I told you if you destroyed this building in three days. I told you that at, when we was at the table that they're going to come, they're going to kill me, but I'm going to rise. He said, this is what I told you while I was still with you. What is wrong with you people? Weren't, weren't you listening? We know the answer to that. No, they were not. He says, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. See, back then they didn't have a Bible. Let me say that again. Back then they didn't have a Bible. All they had was sacred Jewish scriptures. They didn't have a Bible. And so they weren't listening all of those times that Jesus was talking because every time Jesus began to talk about his death and resurrection, they just zoomed out. Matter of fact, Peter rebuked them, said, nope, you ain't going nowhere. You stand right here. He says, the Messiah, this is what I told you. The, the Messiah will suffer and the Messiah will rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness, that change of mind you could have for the forgiveness of sins will be preached, will be preached, did I go, yeah, will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And when he was saying that, they had no idea that the ones who would be preaching would be them. And he makes it very known to them, you are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses right now of something that would change your life and be the result of why all of us are sitting here today. It was the resurrection of Jesus that created Christianity and launched the church. It was not the Bible. Let me say that again. It was the resurrection of Jesus Christ that started Christianity and launched the church. It wasn't the fact that they put words in the Bible. Before the resurrection, there were no Christians. Before the resurrection, there was no church. Nobody at this point, until they saw Jesus, was going to go back and quote some of the parables that he had been saying. Nobody was going to go back and say, hey, you remember when Jesus, you know, healed the, lep the man with leprosy and, he, he, you know, the lady with the issue of blood? That was over because they had lost all hope. It was done. They were, they were, they were depressed. They were stressed. They were scared. They were running. But the resurrection of Jesus Christ changed all of that. And please listen to me. The reason we believe Jesus was resurrected from the dead it's because there are witnesses who told us so. It is because of their testimony. It is because, please hear me, it's because they were there. If you have any doubt and you're skeptic in any way about whether Jesus was resurrected from the cross, I'm telling you right now, please listen to the witnesses. I wasn't there in World War I. But there are witnesses who came up and told us exactly what happened. 
I wasn't there when, when people were being, you know, hung off of, of, off of trees with black, with black people were being done, done wrong, but there were so many witnesses. And you can refute whatever you want to. You can refute the, the books, you can refute the word, you can refute what other people say, but you can't take back what the witnesses say. And I'm telling you right now, if you have any doubt in your mind, it is not about what's in the Bible. It is about what the people who were there and evidenced the actions of what happened said that was recorded in the Bible. I used to say, people would ask me, well, why do you believe that? Because the Bible says so. Why do you believe that? Because the Bible says so. Now I say, because Peter said it. Because Paul was there. Lord have mercy. Not just because the Bible tells us so, but because those who walked and talked with Jesus themselves and saw him after he was resurrected gave account of those happenings. So, the foundation of the Christian faith is an, is an event that actually happened. An extraordinary event with profound implications for my life, for your life. And I'm telling you right now, I don't know what you're standing on in your Christian faith. But the belief of that resurrection of Jesus would give you more hope than you ever thought you can have in your life. Somebody please hear me. It is the belief in your heart of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that would dismiss all your concerns. It would take away all your worries. I guarantee you, you'll get over all your anxieties. If you truly believe Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day, y'all don't hear me this morning. See, it ain't just about you getting to heaven. It's about what Jesus did for you and the power that God had to raise him from the dead. You wouldn't be worrying about no bills. When you got a God who can resurrect life. It, I, I, this, 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 I, I always say this. The, the highest level of faith to me is believing that Jesus was raised from the dead. You get to, if, if you... If your focus is believing that in your heart, all that other stuff that you need to believe, that'll be a breeze. Let me tell you something. We celebrate Easter. We celebrate the resurrection of Christ because that was a true event. We don't sit here every year and celebrate God to supply your needs according to his riches. We don't sit here and celebrate here, you know, by his stripes you're here. That's not on the calendar. Woo, woo, boy, I'm talking to somebody today. The reason why Resurrection Day and Easter is on the calendar because that is the most important event that ever happened in life. Mm, mm, mm. It is that faith. It's that faith. It's the highest level of faith. I, I, you know, when you think about the birth of Christ, 
Man, that, that deserves a standing ovation. That was a miracle within itself. Doggone it, you think about him coming and doing miracles on earth and, and the parables and the teaching and healing people. Man, I'm going to tell you, that deserves an encore. You talk about the crucifixion and him dying on that cross and nailing all our sins to that cross and shedding his blood. Man, I'm going to tell you, I salute that. But Lord, when you talk about that resurrection... That is a grand finale right there. Because without that resurrection, without the resurrection of Christ, the birth means nothing. Without the resurrection, the miracles mean nothing. Without the crucifixion, it means nothing. Or, or without, the cru without the resurrection, the crucifixion means nothing. Y'all know what I'm saying. But it was that resurrection. And the fact that we have a living Savior. And so there may be some who are listening today, somebody here, somebody who's watching, who you may have once believed, and then something happened, and you unbelieved, and you're kind of straddling the fence, and now you're not certain. Or there may be somebody who's watching today and you once believed and you backslid and you just don't know how to slide yourself back into where you need to be. I'm going to tell you, that was, Peter was one of those people who, if you really look at his life, Peter, the one who said, thou art Christ. You Christ, I know who you are. You are the son of living God. Who all of a sudden, when Jesus was crucified, is now denying the very person who he said was the Christ. And then he denied him, cussed out a little teenage girl, and some other people denied him three times. But you have to imagine how Peter felt after that, that happened. He had to he probably after that lost all hope and he was probably shameful because none of the other disciples really knew what he had done and he never wanted that to get out but he probably held his head down but Peter who tradition tells us was beheaded uh, uh, when Nero was the emperor of Rome who at the end of his life now he probably wrote more letters but two letters got out that was, was, as we would say today, that was published. And Peter, at an old age, probably in prison, had some few, a few things that we had to sh he wanted to share with us after he went through his ordeal of believing, then unbelieving, denying, shameful, no hope. Peter said in 1 Peter 1 and 3, praise be to the God and Father, our Lord, Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a, what? Living hope. Through what? The Peter would say, man, I was shaken. I was shameful. I was hopeless. I was hopeless. But my faith in Jesus was resurrected when I saw my resurrected friend 
and my resurrected Savior. He says, and into an inheritance, verse 4, that can never perish. Now, who do inheritance mostly go to? Children. So now he's making it personal. He's letting us know now that we have a heavenly father who loves us and who we can depend on. Jesus paved the way for us to have a relationship with our heavenly father. And he says in verse 4, this inheritance is kept in heaven for who? Somebody say, for me? Somebody say, for me. See, the apostle Peter believed in heaven, but he didn't learn it from being a child because they didn't teach it like that. Most Jewish traditions, they taught that when you die, they look kind of like knowledge. You die, you, you, that's it. There ain't no second coming. Ain't no, there was no heaven. He believed in heaven because he saw the resurrected Savior. And he says, in verse, he said, I, in all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. It always got to give us some bad news, don't he? But think about this. I'm almost finished. Peter's faith was not connected to a God who does not allow pain and suffering to happen in the world. Because what Peter recognized was that he allowed it to happen to his only son. Peter and all those followers saw the worst thing imaginable happen to the best person he'd ever known, and he believed anyway. And there are some people today who probably watching, and you probably left God because something happened in your life, and your question was, or your statement was, if there is a loving God, why would he allow this to happen to me? Why would he allow this to happen to someone I love? And I'm telling you, the God that you have created and someone else has created and someone else has taught you is an imaginary God. That is not the God we follow. The God we follow allows pain and suffering to happen. That is a part of life. That does not say that God is absent. It is because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we know that God is for us. And if God is for us, so it wasn't necessarily the teaching of Jesus, which was great teaching, and that teaching we live by today, but for them, it was the resurrection of Jesus that they saw that framed their entire life. And I pray today that that resurrection that we believe will begin to frame your entire life. Peter, who in the midst of being questioned, ran from danger. But when he saw his resurrected Savior, he walked right into danger. Somebody hear what I'm saying? Some of y'all are afraid to experience life. You're afraid to try. You're afraid to, to step out. You're afraid to do. 
But I'm telling you, if you would make the resurrection of Jesus Christ the foundation of your life, not just you coming to church, not just you hearing the word, not just you ushering, not just you singing, not just me preaching, not just being playing the, 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 the keyboard. <laughs> not just you hearing a message, but if you would make the resurrection, the belief of that resurrection of Jesus Christ, the foundation of your life, I promise you, your life will change for the better. And Peter now pivots from the resurrection to the significance of Jesus' crucifixion. 1 Peter 1, 18, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you are redeemed or that you are bought out with a price that you have been purchased with the blood, uh, verse 19, but it is with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Lord, I love the way they put that the precious lamb of Christ. Peter goes all the way back to the beginning. Listen to this. He goes all the way back to the beginning when Jesus walked up and John the Baptist said, there he is. That's him. And everybody's looking like, who, who? He said, that is the precious lamb of and Peter and none of the disciples understood what he was saying at that moment. But at this moment, after seeing a resurrected Savior, now Peter gets it. Now I know what John Baptist was talking about. This is a lamb who had to be slain for the forgiveness of our sins so that we could have a personal relationship, our Lord and Savior, and, and with our God, our Father God in heaven. This is that precious lamb of God. And it is because of this precious Lamb of God that we know that God is for us. Listen to this. We know that God is for us because Jesus died for us. Not because things don't always work out for us. Did somebody get that? We know God is for us because Jesus died for us. We don't think God is for us is not for us because things don't always work out for us. Suffering, suffering is not evidence of God's absence. We know that suffering is a, God, a, a part of life. God is present. Somebody say, God is present. God is present. Jesus, conquered death. Jesus conquered death. The resurrection of Jesus, resurrection of Jesus. Is, real. is real. Heaven is real. Heaven and forgiveness is available to all for all those who will receive Jesus it is because of that resurrection the Bible tells us that we have been made the righteousness of God in other words we have been made in a right standing with God man I don't care what you did last week I don't care what you did last night I don't care what you did in the back, in the dark, in the corner, where nobody could see you. I don't care what you said to somebody. 
I don't care how you treated somebody, but get yourself together. But you've been forgiven. Because Jesus didn't just die for your little sins. He died for your big sins. And if there's somebody who's watching us today, and you have not received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, maybe something happened in life, and you tried this Christian thing, man. You tried. You went to church a few times. Somebody at church did something or some catastrophe hit your life or something happened. And so you felt like God wasn't with you. But I just have to be honest with you. That's not the God we serve. Things happen in life. But that does not mean that God is not for you and that God is not with you. So I, I beg of you, I ask you today, come back to Jesus. Come back to him. Give him another try. And this try, time when you give him a try, get yourself in a good Bible-based church and learn the word of God and begin to put that word into your life. But hold on, we have to take a step first. We need to get you back in there. And the Bible says that all you have to do to receive Jesus into your life and to become that Christian, that, that Christ follower as you need to be, is that you just have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus did die and that Jesus was resurrected on the third day by God. So if that is you, if you don't mind, I just want you to say a simple prayer with me. No shame. Don't mean you're going to change overnight. You may may take you a while. It's a, it's a growth process. But just repeat after me. Say, Father God, say, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe in his miracle birth. I believe he walked on earth. I believe he was crucified for the forgiveness of my sins. I believe he shed his blood. I believe Jesus is the Lamb of God. I believe when he died that on the third day he was raised from the dead. And today he is alive and a living hope for my rebirth in this world. Say, I believe it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer, I'm telling you, you just got born again, man. It may not feel like it, but it is all given to you by faith. So if you prayed that prayer with us or you like to become a part of this ministry, Victory Nation, we ask that you just go to our website, victoryworldwide.org. Go to the tab that says, that says become a member. Click on that tab and just put your information in there. We thank you so much for watching us today. And if you're watching us and you would like to be a giver, you would like to, to sow that seed, whether you're trying to, to pay your tithes or your offering or God's just directing you to give, we pray that you would just be obedient to God's voice. We have several ways on the screen where you can give. We have Cash App. We have Givelify. You can use Zelle, you can go to our website and pay by PayPal or all the other ways. Or you can text the word GIVE to the, the number that's on the screen. We thank you so much. 
Look, next Sunday, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, Pastor Wanda's going to bring us an awesome word. We're going to be outside. We're going to have service outside. So, hey, if you have if you have something to do or you don't have nothing to do, just come on out. And look, if you want to just pull up, you don't even have to get out your car. We'll be loud enough for you to hear us. So come on out and share. And immediately after service next Sunday, we'll be giving away boxes for those who are in need, boxes of food. So we hope you can make it. And also, man, we flew somebody in out of town that got the best ribs you ever taste in your world, in your life. Rod is going to have some of them special ribs. Well, y'all better come on out here and start playing. Woo! Sorry, I got a little excited there. All right, but look, we thank you so much for joining us. Join us this Tuesday night at 7 p.m. And don't forget, next Sunday, come out and be a part. If you cannot make it, we'll still be live streaming. We thank you so much. We love you, and we hope you have a blessed week. In Jesus' name, give them a big hallelujah victory. And we will see you next time. Amen.